Support for this podcast comes from Broadbean. Broadbean is a smart, innovative, global recruitment technology business. They help recruiters to reach candidates in a fast, effective and efficient way. From candidate attraction and job distribution to candidate sourcing and employee referral, Broadbean can help you post, search, track, socialise and engage. They're also actively integrated with complementary tech businesses and job boards to make sure your recruitment process is 100% complete. Get the job done with Broadbean. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 25 of the Recruiting Future podcast. There is a huge amount of content published on a weekly basis about tools and techniques that can help employers recruit software engineers and other digital professionals. It can be very difficult to separate the sound advice from the clickbait and the product spin. My guest this week is Ken Ward of Wintercourt Consulting. Ken has 21 years of experience in tech recruitment, the last 11 of which have been spent in-house. In the interview, he busts a few popular tech recruitment myths and offers some practical tips for all employers recruiting in this area. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another Recruiting Future podcast interview. This week's guest is Ken Ward. Hi, Ken. How are you doing? I'm very well, sir. How are you? I'm very good. Very good indeed. Enjoying Enjoying the summer. Uh, definitely enjoying the summer. Um, so tell everyone who you are, what you do, um, and how you got to do it. Yeah, good, good question. Um, so uh, I'm Ken Ward. I'm co-founder of a business called Wintercore Consulting. Uh, we provide our in-house recruitment teams to startups. Um, so we work with startup founders, both in terms of the actual hiring of uh, hiring of uh, staff, but also uh, giving them some advice in terms of how to interview, how to write job specs, um, how to avoid some of the mistakes that are typically made in that scenario, but also some of the stuff that kind of goes into the more common sense areas of HR and that kind of stuff. So effectively, it's a, uh, a recruitment team in a box, if you like, but on a project basis, um, helping them grow on the uh, on the maturity model until they're ready for a kind of a permanent in-house recruitment team. Or indeed, some of them will just be kind of dealing with hiring spikes. So uh, they, they, they might need us back in kind of six months later when they're hiring again. Um, how did I get there? Um, oh, cracky. 20, 21st year in recruitment. Oh, my God, should have got a proper job. Congrats, <laughs> congratulations. It's a, big, it's a big thing. We had a cake. No, we didn't. Um, so we had, uh, I guess... Like a lot of people, um, it wasn't the case of, mummy, I want to be a recruitment consultant. Um, uh, it was There was a financial motivator there. I uh, moved into a recruitment agency, which I did for in varying forms for 10 years before uh, jumping over the fence uh, into what the agency world called the dark side uh, of in-house recruitment, uh, where I've been for the last 11 years. That's cool. And have you, uh, you, you, you know, I've kind of known you for a few years and you've, uh, you, you've, you've kind of always focused on uh, tech in, in, in that time. Um, have you always been a tech recruiter or is that something that you come into more, more recently? No, I, st- I started out as, um, as a tech recruiter in my first agency. Um, probably tech probably overglorifies it in the, um, like most recruitment consultancies back in the days before the arc. Um, didn't know much about technology, um, but 
we were salespeople. Um, so tech was our was our kind of was our product, if you like, uh, from that perspective. Um, but I've, I've built engineering teams over the course of my career. Um, I guess when I moved in house, um, the focus became more generalist. But uh, but hiring engineering teams was always part of our remit. And, and what what are the sort of key challenges you see uh, companies facing now um, in terms of um, in terms of hiring engineers? What's the uh, you know what's the market like out there? I think part of it. I mean, I kind of um, there's almost um, um, dealing with a lot of self-evident truths that are repeated out there um, that we're challenging, a bit of myth busting that needs to be done. Um, almost the kind of what's developed, um, and I guess a lot of this is inherited from our friends over in the West Coast in Silicon Valley. Um, the, the almost the cult of the engineer, uh, and we see that in some of the um, silver bullet recruitment products that are being offered to us to solve all our technical recruitment woes. I think a lot of it is based on the premise, uh, which is actually a misquote um, around this whole concept of a war for talent and talent scarcity, and then various labour department um, forecasts, be that uh, with an OR or OUR, depending which side of the pond you are, about the number of technical roles that. That are kind of empty, etc. I think the reality on that um, is is built upon um, actually the, the fact that um, a lot of our companies um, we shouldn't use our poor process as an excuse uh, as an you know, really blaming a scarcity of talent on the fact that you know quite frankly we're crap at recruiting. Um, a lot of the time we just need to get back to back to kind of the back to basics essentially and understand that our you know our, our tech candidates potential potential tech employees are employees um, they will have a lot of the same wants and desires as um, as any other employee and I think that's probably true of um, in my opinion um, the kind of um, the, the classification of Millennials wanting different things often it's kind of people want to be treated with respect um, I think part of it is um, Really, again, I think sometimes where um, you, we you'll have a brief from a hiring manager that I need, um, you know, I need twenty A player. As much as I hate that phrase, engineers, um, you know, arriving on Monday. Well, frankly, um, Mr. Hiring Manager, you should have told us that three months ago. Um, but hey, we have to deal with that as a recruitment team. Um, but I think there's a lot of myth around that as well, and also how to access that talent. There's a lot of big myth, um, you know, self self-evident truth that have been out there that you know. Um, engineers um, don't respond to LinkedIn requests. Um, they do. Um, and, and also there was a really interesting um, a really interesting blog uh, published by Glenn Cathy uh, talking uh, based upon both the Stack Overflow report and also there's some LinkedIn data in there in terms of how candidates like to be uh, like to be like to be contacted and you know what one of the things out there they like they actually like to be contacted by email so a lot of us are saying kind of we must move our whole recruiting uh, initiatives to Facebook we need to move all of our um, recruitment initiatives to Twitter and uh, you know and, and various other products that are out there but actually what we need to do is actually not make any assumptions about our, our candidate pool and just approach them you know where they are uh, and that will vary from skill set and I'm sure geography and, and everything in between. Uh, I think that's really interesting because what I've noticed in the last uh, couple of years is um, a lot of the recruitment products that have come onto the market that have got funding, particularly uh, particularly uh, the stuff coming out of Silicon Valley, um, uh, they always start with the premise that um, recruitment is broken. Yep. Um, it's always technical skill shortages that are used to kind of back that up, um, and they, they, you know, they're all they all they all seem to have the answer to fix it. And I, I think, as I said on 
on our, our previous podcast, um, uh, a lot of these sort of new new products and technologies to to help recruitment kind of look a little bit like the stuff that we've got already. They look like Absolutely. you know yeah. job boards and different versions of ATSs. I mean, what's your experience of? Um, yeah, totally. That. I mean, a lot kind of, of these are being offered. I mean, they're playing to what I call the cult of the engineer. Often, I mean, yeah. Um, there's there's kind of one product that's kind of moved over from the west coast that's um its whole premise is don't apply to companies let them apply to you um for which they then charge you a 15 percent bounty when you've done all the work in hiring etc cetera, etc cetera. so i think there's definite need for more transparency in the process but actually i think um a lot of it is playing to kind of the ideals um you know recruitment is broken it's not um it, it obviously needs improving it needs iterating and all those kind of good things and we need to get better at it but i think more often than not um you see um hiring processes that are tortuous and drawn out and are in essence often particularly in the technical space pissing contests where um one engineer is trying to prove how much more they know than another whether it's actually uh, relevant to uh, what they're hiring at all. I don't think it brings out the best of that. Uh, I think often as well, we're we're over hiring. Um, you know, this this whole kind of concept um, um, again came out of West Coast of uh, the ten times engineer, um, which is based upon the premise that you know a great engineer is ten times more productive than a than a poorer one. Um, there's an obvious so, you know, there's, a, there's, a, there's an element of truth in that a good one is better than a poorer one. But often, bearing in mind you have to, rem- you have to remember um, that a lot of the motivation for, um, for software engineers to join an organization, um, as much as, um, you know, you can read various blogs and, and videos from people like Joel Spolsky, the founder of Stack, Stack Exchange, um, where he paints a picture of an introverted software developer um, who wants to be left quietly, um, you know, who doesn't want to be contacted by phone or email. Um, I, I think that I think that's a mirage. Um, you know, the, the software engineers that over my 21 years of recruitment are user-facing. They have to be. They have to have great communication skills. Um, so a lot of the things that they will want as an employee uh, will be common across any employee. Um, being treated with respect, well remunerated, etc. But I think part of what really motivates them often is the uh, working with great people, which I suppose the same could be true of any employee. But also, um, they want they're motivated by the scale of the technical challenge um, that, that they're actually undergoing. Now, the reality is, be that in the startup world or the corporate, sometimes the scale of the corporate ch- the, the technical challenge is is not that great. Um, now. So therefore, the reality is, why are we hiring this fabled 10 times engineer or this kind of, uh, whether we call it the purple squirrel or the unicorn or whatever, then actually that's not what you need. Um, One of my former CTO clients said, actually, you know, sometimes we need foot soldiers as well as officers, to use that analogy. Um, You need people that are are writing good, clean, scalable code um, often, um, rather than kind of, um, you know, the the fabled Google hiring process, et cetera. Um, And and I've had so many clients over the years that said to me, um, you know, I want to hire the engineers that um, are kind of are rejecting Google and Facebook to come to us. And the question I ask them, why would they? Um, quite, quite simply, you know, um, I think there needs to be an element of realism in what you actually need. Um, and I think this actually reflects back to this um, this myth of the um, the talent wolf talent, etc. I think it's kind of there's there's a lot of scope to start earlier with your engineering, be that through. Uh, even as much as apprentice programs or graduate programs or something like that, and grow your engineers um, as well as rather than just looking for the quick fix of um, you know hiring hiring the uh, hiring the gunslinging big swinger uh, engineer to come in and sort out all your problems. I think that's that's part of part of the challenge itself. I think there's some very interesting stuff there, and I think when you when you look at 
you know, the, the online debates that are going on around tech recruitment. Um, this kind of stuff doesn't it doesn't kind of get mentioned very often. Um, I, I, you know, and I think maybe part of that is because um, a lot of the content and a lot of the debate is being pushed by uh, companies with products and services to to, to sell. Um, but wh- why do you think it is that, um, uh, you know, with so much um, talk going on um, online about recruitment, um, you know, some of, uh, you know, some of, some of these things that people on the ground are experiencing um, are, are kind of being lost in the, in the ether? Well, I, th- I think part of it is, is coming down to, I mean, if you think about, I mean, I was reading, um, reading something on Adweek. Um, there was a survey from, um, I think, 10, 2013, something like that, talking about the click-through rates of negative headlines over positive. Um, you know, if we accept this self-evident truth that there is a war for talent, et cetera, so there's, there's a negative superlative underlying a lot of the writing, uh, these are then offering a solution to that negative solution, negative superlative. So you create the fear uh, of this talent war, and everyone's looking, therefore, for the, um, for the, for the, for the kind of, you know, the, the the weapon of mass destruction to solve to 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 win that war, a war that in my view is is kind of not not really there. It's more of a skirmish, if anything. Um, I, so I think that's part of the problem. I think also there's a, and I know it's not really a word, but there's also a kind of a blandification almost that goes on in in recruitment um, recruitment blogging and online conversation where. Um, you know, we um, we actually recruit as much like engineers. We kind of do like the shiny. Um, so, um, you know, you see a lot of people getting excited about the concept of algorithm uh, in their recruitment, machine learning, all those kind of good things. And clearly that has a place. Um, however, uh, you know, I don't intend to get into a debate here as to whether, um, you know, you can, you can replace a recruiter with an algorithm. You can definitely replace parts of that process, perhaps, uh, at most. But anyone challenging that is often, um, is often seen as either um, a Luddite, um, to use that, that English phrase, or holding back progress, or often actually just called a troll um, just by questioning. I think sometimes, I think what we don't do as recruiters enough, um, be it through fear of career advancement, um, um, or you know the fact that you know you're seen as a forward-thinking recruiter, so you're thinking of your of your um, um, of, of your next career move by speaking through an algorithm. Um, but actually just focusing on doing recruitment well is, is a big thing. Um, so I think that we're playing to, playing to that game a lot. Um, but it does frustrate me a lot that actually a lot of the things, a lot of the talks, a lot of the products, as you said, um, or, or indeed um, people who might have a board advisory role with a particular product, um, we, should, we should question um, in, in this, analytically in the same way that we would, I would hope question a news article and look for, a, look for potential bias or self-interest in that. Um, and not be afraid to question, but question openly. Um, I remember years ago, I was at, um, I was at a roundtable where, uh, I think you we were there actually, Matt, where um, a new product was being demonstrated, and then the organizer of the conference said, right, um, I want you to go around the table. Um, <laughs> you, you, go, you remember this? Go yes, I remember it very um, well. Yeah. <laughs> introduce yourself to the, to the person um, uh, who is a friend as well, so I won't name him. Um, <laughs> he became a friend even though he forgave me after this, but say you know give say, introduce yourself and tell him exactly eye to eye what you think of his product and we went around the table and everyone was saying yes it's great and i'm x from y um and it came to me and i thought oh, it's down to me again um and i said i just don't get your product i don't see the market fit i don't see the problem it's solving and i was trying to be constructive not just being negative or falling into the blood or, or trolling um you know category but the really frustrating thing for me afterwards is talking to a lot of the people who'd given kind of soothing palliatives to him in terms of his product agreed with me, but they didn't want to know. I was like, well, why didn't you tell him? 
Um, you know, he was asking for feedback. Are you going to buy his product? No. Why not? Because I think it's a piece of crap. Well, you could probably not tell him it's a piece of crap, but you could <laughs> maybe maybe give him constructive criticism in terms of why you wouldn't. And I think there is a slight reticence in terms of, I don't know if it's just an English thing or something that's particular to, uh, to, to the recruitment industry where we don't want to stick our head above the parapet often. I think it, it, it's something that... Uh... Uh, being being British, we we could think was a British thing, but I, I, I've actually seen it all over the world. Actually, when 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 people are kind of launching those those products, and uh, you know, I don't think it's particularly useful for the people launching the the product either. I mean, the, again, without without naming it, that that particular product didn't last very long, um, and uh, you know, perhaps if they'd been given some more um, uh, honest feedback at the start, then uh, you know that 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 might not have been the case. Um, so. Kind of within everything you've been saying, there's some sort of really interesting, um, you know, practical stuff that I just kind of like to sort of pull out to uh, kind of move us towards the the, the, the finish, really. So um, I, uh, you know, I, I work with a number of um, what, you know, what you call sort of traditional companies who are, um, you know, currently in a situation where their their industries are going digital and they're having to uh, hire more and more, uh, you know, people with digital skills or engineering skills or whatever it is into their organizations. And um, it's kind of a bit of a rabbit in the headlights, I think, for a lot of organizations mm. about how to do that. And I think a lot of that comes from some of the myths that you've been talking about. Um, what advice would you give um, to a company like that in terms of their approach to, you know, building their own engineering team or getting uh, digital strategy talent into their into their into their existing business well apart, apart from hire me you mean well um, obviously no, well yeah obviously <laughs> apart from hire you but no I, th- I think part of it um you know that um there's also a bit of a self-evident truth in that, um, you know, technical candidates um, only want to talk to um, hiring managers, etc. cetera, um, um, you know, in, in order to engage the interview process earlier on. And of course, there is an element of truth in that, but only where um, the, the recruiter in that process has no credibility. Um, so I think if you're focusing on technical recruitment, a lot of us will be kind of the rabbit in the headlights thing, I think you said, um, in terms of um, this is not something I understand, but actually sit down with your engineers so you understand it. Don't pick up the phone to an engineer unless you understand what you do. I'm not talking about to the level of you know being able to code or whatever, uh, being able to understand your technical stack uh, and, um, and actually uh, articulate that to your candidates. Um, articulate actually what I focus on whenever I talk to my technical, um, potential technical employees is I am not an engineer. I don't pretend to be. And I think that's the biggest mistake that we can make as, um, uh, as recruiters because we'll get found out very quickly for the most part. But actually, what we can do is we understand what we do from a technical perspective, and we understand what the behaviours are, um, you know, the core competencies, to use that more um, HR-friendly phrase, of what makes a good engineer in our organisation. So we're able to articulate that. Um, We should also um, work hard with our hiring managers to actually make them think about what they actually need to hire. And this is not just technical recruitment. This is every piece of recruitment. Someone leaves, I want to hire another one of those. Well, do you really? That person's been here two years. um, So has the business not moved on two years uh, in terms of the skills we're looking to acquire? So make our hiring managers work a little bit harder, question them, uh, and then really work hard in terms of um, the process we put them through. Um, I'm not advocating, um, you know, just making that entirely frictionless, um, as, as some of the some of the much 
vaunted recruitment products um, that we mentioned earlier, or didn't mention or hinted at, alluded to <laughs> earlier, uh, you know, create that silver bullet. Um, because we do need to technically assess um, our candidates, but let's work hard in terms of actually, is this um, is this fit for purpose, this process, which we should do as recruiters with everything we do. Um, so let's not make it unnecessary. Let's not make it excessively painful. Um, and then understand better recruitment basics, right, in terms of actually talking to our candidates that we already have in terms of understanding, well, where would they look for a job at the most basic, um, you know, basic level. Um, the other thing I think is is not, um, for me, uh, is taking uh, perhaps a more holistic approach to um, the recruitment channels that you that you look to look to follow. Now, you know, again, uh, contrary to um, self-evident recruitment truths in technical recruitment, um, candidates do respond to LinkedIn requests. If your LinkedIn request is, bearing in mind the credibility that I mentioned earlier, informed uh, and articulate um, and, uh, and is appropriate. Um, from that perspective. Um, candidates do respond to um, job board advertising. I know that's probably contrary to most of what the industry is saying at the moment, but they really do. Um, so you can still fill jobs through that. So if you have budget, don't be afraid to try stuff. Um, the other thing is, um, I think, is um, work out what's fit for purpose for your organization. So there aren't any silver bullets. That's the reality. Um, so if someone says to you, all your technical recruitment should be done through Twitter, um, question that. Um, try it if it doesn't work um, because Twitter is a long play as opposed to a kind of a you know broadcasting channel in my opinion um, then you have to invest more time in it so there's an ROI from a time perspective if you have a wider budget you have a little job board budget you have time to um, you know to work through through LinkedIn and, and the other stack exchange and stack overflow and uh, github etc you know the other repositories then you should try all of those different channels so you need to take a more 360 approach very wise words there. Um, uh, final final question. Um, so, what what trends have you actually got your eye on? We've talked a lot about um, uh, you know myths and uh, cults and and all these kind of things. But um, uh, you know, in terms of how the industry is developing, you know, whether that's in terms of technology, in terms of approach, um, whatever that might be, um, you know, what what are your sort of tips for the future? What 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 are you um, looking at with interest at the moment? Well, you're the futurologist, Matt, but um, I think I think I think no, I, I think look um, again, a lot of it is kind of recruitment buzz phrases. It's the shiny, um, the algorithm, machine learning, etc. I do believe there are parts of our process that we can do better. Uh, and therefore, that that can be can be automated. So I'm looking at that with interest, um, and, and how that still retains the human touch, which I think is essential in the recruitment process. Um, ultimately, you know, I think one of the one of the uh, false premises that um, algorithms, and this may may I suppose uh, in some part be covered by my uh, ignorance in that perspective, that an algorithm will remove any bias, but to which I then counter. Or who programs the algorithm in the first place? Yeah, exactly. Um, so there is that element to it. Um, not to say that won't evolve. Um, I think one of the real—I don't think what anyone's cracked right yet—is technical assessment. There's been various companies, startups, etc., that have come out, um, you know, wanting how they're going to solve this and how they're going to get the best technical candidates. And I don't think they've done that yet. So I'm always interested in um, you know, in products that will kind of uh, add some value and therefore speed up the process so that I, as a recruiter, when I present my CV to my internal hiring manager, ultimately, you know, I can say, yeah, they, 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 um, uh, they conform to all of the things that we look for in what makes a great engineer from a behavioral perspective. But ultimately, if they can't code, 
then there's no point carrying on in the process. So if I'm at the front end of that process, as I think I should be uh, as a recruiter, um, then I need something at that point uh, that also gives me some kind of technical assessment of the candidates. So the hiring manager will say, yep, um, I know Ken gets what makes a great engineer, but also there's there's some kind of uh, empirical evidence to to back that up as well. So that's that's a big thing for me. Ken, thank you very much for talking to me. Absolute pleasure, as always. My thanks to Ken Ward. For show notes and past episodes of the podcast, please go to www.rfpodcast.com. You can also subscribe to the mailing list there and find out more about me on the Work With Matt Alder page. You can, of course, subscribe to the podcast itself on iTunes and on Stitcher. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next week and I hope you'll join me. This is my show. Thank you.